This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans, welcome to Curtain Jerkin. As always, I am your host, Jacob Grandi, reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and the Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network. I'm getting settled in, guys. People that have been listening to the show the last few episodes know that I've been struggling a little bit, moving and everything, but I'm getting settled in, and it was a great time to get settled in this weekend because we had New Japan New Beginnings and the Royal Rumble, of course, my favorite WWE event of the year happened this weekend. Everyone loves the Rumble. We're going to get to that. We also had the Wednesday Night Wars this week. And as always, guys, I rank every single match from worst to first. But before we get into that, let's get into the things that I liked about NXT. Let's get into the things I liked about AEW this week. Starting with AEW, right off the top, they had some technical difficulties, so I had to kind of tune in a little later, and right as I tune in, I get this John Moxley promo. Hilarious. He likes his beer cold and sex in the morning. I feel you there, man. The Sting promo with Darby was kind of a little goofy at times, but I think it worked. It kind of worked in the fact that we're seeing Sting kind of bring out a little bit of that fire. Darby is bringing out that old fire that we know and love from Sting. And I also love that the bat isn't black anymore. He's done some uh, beatings with that bat. It's getting a little nicked up, and it shows on that bat. I thought it was wrapped in barbed wire because he's been hanging with Darby, but no, it's just a little dinged up. I like that a lot as well. The Pac interview, I loved it. I think Pac, much like uh, Mustafa Ali in WWE, he's great at promo, great in ring, but for some reason, they're not pushing him. They're keeping him in that mid-card, just like Pac. I know that there's some visa issues. I know there's some travel issues with COVID and everything. But goddamn, fly that guy to Jacksonville. Put him up in a penthouse hotel in Jacksonville. Those exist in Jacksonville, Florida. And then, uh, you know, push him to the moon here. He needs to be up there at the top with Moxley and Kenny Omega and Jericho, something like that. I don't know. Uh, Shaq. Did a great promo. Almost uh, did the Pat McAfee where he uh, did a better promo than all the wrestlers did, um, being not from wrestling. Called Cody a little girl. Thought that was hilarious. Cracked up out loud. And then Cody came out and did some long-winded thing about how uh, Brandy can't wrestle because she's pregnant. We all kind of get that. They could have done this a little better, but Arn couldn't have done it any better. He gave a great promo. Brought tears to Cody's eyes, bringing up the fact that he flew overnight to see Cody be born, or his dad flew overnight to see Cody be born. And then Red Velvet comes out. She's taking Brandy's place. I think that's pretty good because you got the uh, veteran with the rookie teaming up with the two, or going up against the two powerhouses. I think that's a great, uh, great, uh, little match they got going on there and plus that's the same night as sting's debut march 7th holy cow that's going to be a great great show we got a wrestling wedding next week you gotta love that the first one from AEW. you also gotta love hardy trying to get hangman to join his team i think this is going to be really good you can have hangman beat both members of private party in two good matches you can have matt hardy go up against hangman for hangman to beat him in a match 
that seems kind of like a you know big level marquee AEW contest, AEW Dynamite contest. Uh, so I like the move there, and I also like it because the first time, one of the first few times I've seen Hangman Page was in this little middle school at this indie wrestling event that I think Matt Hardy put together. Um, Trevor Lee, Cameron Grimes was on the show, uh, Scotty Chuhati was on the show, Christopher Daniels was on the show, but also Hangman Page is a member of Country Jacks with Corey Hollis was also on the show, main evented by the Hardy Boys, so it's kind of cool to see them both out there um, doing their thing on the big stage. I know, you know, Matt Hardy's obviously been on the big stage for a long time, but, uh, you know, I'm still not overseeing Hangman Page. I'm still not overseeing Griff Garrison every week on AEW Dynamite. You also got to love the little guys here showing some fire. Marco Stunt running out with a chair. Hilarious hook coming out trash talking. Um, you know, that was kind of uh, the first time we really saw some fire from him other than interfering in some matches. MJF and Sammy, hilarious shit here. Always funny. MJF, everything he touches turns to gold, it seems like, with these promos and these interview segments. Tag Team Battle Royal next week. That should be awesome. I'm a sucker for a battle royal. I'm a sucker for a good tag team match. This is going to go crazy. A lot of the uh, teams are high flyers in the uh, world of AEW tag team wrestling. So I wonder how that's going to go. Good Brothers and the Young Bucks working together. First time in five years they said they've been in a tag, tag match together. Kenny shows up, uh, Don shows up with some fake bandages, Young Bucks are pissed off because they didn't kick him, everyone knows it but Kenny Omega, this is hilarious too, this is just right up there with the MJF stuff, this is hilarious shit too. And speaking of hilarious, um, at the end of the match, Moxley comes out, and then Omega comes out trying to hit him with the point of the shoe, uh, misses it, gets hit with the paradigm shift. Hilarious, hilarious ending to AW Dynamite. So they're hitting on all cylinders here, I feel like, with AW Dynamite as far as this main event storyline. It's cracking me up. Don Callis, Young Bucks are great. It's still cool to see the good brothers out there on AW Dynamite. And I feel like Kenny Omega has come full circle into this chicken shit heel character. I think uh, you don't even think about. Uh, the character he was or the guy he was in New Japan anymore. When you see Kenny Omega, you start cracking up. He's wearing these ridiculous suits. He's got the curly hair. He's got the facial expressions and the talent to match. You, if he didn't, if he wasn't so talented, it wouldn't work so well. So you, you would understand why someone who's as talented as him would be so, um, you know, big-headed. But at the same time, you're kind of still like. You know, you can see why other people are thrown off by, you know, how big his ego is nowadays. I really like the new Kenny Omega character. Let me know what you think about the new Kenny Omega character in the comments or hit me up at JG Pro Wrestling. I'm going to go into a little bit of what I think about NXT and what I liked about NXT here. NXT has been gaining on AEW the past few weeks. I don't know if you guys have noticed it in the ratings or anything like that. But yeah, it was like seven. 734,000 to 720,000 this week. NXT still lost, don't get me wrong, but 
It's getting closer. It's getting closer. And I can see why. The Dusty Cup Classic is in full swing. Unfortunately, there's no Pat McAfee, but there is a Kurt Stallion. I'll take that trade all day. Kurt Stallion reminds me a little bit of Hangman Page, a little bit of Zach Sabre Jr., so I dig that. I also always try to pay attention to what my girlfriend reacts to in the world of wrestling. She laughs at our truth um, on Monday Night Raw, but she always sees Dexter Loomis and gets creeped out. She says, hey, I'm about to go to bed. I don't need to be seeing this shit. And uh, that means it's working. That means it's working. I'm not a big fan of Gargano attacking Kushida and Leon Ruff after the match here. I feel like Ruff and Gargano have been paired together since Ruff has been in NXT. And I really want to see Ruff kind of spread his wings a little bit. I felt like this Kushida tag team could have been something to do. Maybe him and Russ Taylor could go at it in a few uh, weeks here. I feel like that might be a good feud for all involved. Another good feud for all involved has got to be Eos Shirai versus Tony Storm. That feud is money. Save that shit for... Uh, the takeover before Mania or something. Put that shit on Mania. Get them in the Royal Rumble. Get them to have something going on and get them thrown out. Incorporating Mercedes Martinez in the match or in the feud, rather rivalry, what have you, is a great, great move too. A veteran in there tearing things up with these ladies. NXT Women's Division is a lot better than AEW's Women's Division. I'm just going to throw that out there. Isaiah Swerve Scott, I love you. I've been watching you since the Indies, but I think you're kind of boring, unfortunately. O'Reilly teaming up with Ballard to go up against Dunn, or go up against uh, Birch and Lorcan. Dunn comes in after the end, and uh, Dunn and Ballard start brawling. And I see the internet complaining about these brawls and these hits not landing. It's like, come on, y'all. They were brawling. They were in a fight. Have you ever seen a hockey fight? I remember on, uh, on Twitter I said, like, all the fights on UFC 257 over the weekend weren't landed. But really watching the fight kind of reminded me more of a hockey fight. And you watch those fights, they're swinging like crazy. You know, In fact, people are grabbing their shoulders to make sure the other guy can't hit them properly. I had no problem with this brawl. I thought it was great. I don't know what people are complaining about. They're saying, well, if this was AEW, you guys would be mad. If this was NXT or main roster, you'd be mad. Who gives a shit? That brawl was sick. Pete Dunne and Finn Balor are going to kill it. And you all know that. Quit your griping. Let's jump into how these matches all did against each other. Every week on Curtain Jerk and I rank... Every match from the Wednesday Night Wars from worst to first, and this week is no different. Number one, Russ Taylor versus Rios. They didn't even give this guy a first name or a last name. They just kind of gave this guy one name. Not like Sting or Seal or whoever or Bono, but just kind of like we don't give a fuck about one of your names, even though you got two of them. So... Russ, you know, made him tap out. That's the worst match. Not because it's bad, just like I've been saying week to week here. The worst match because Russ Taylor just whooped his ass so bad. Uh, Baker versus Shanna, however, was pretty far down the list because I was a little disappointed. First time we've seen Shanna in a while, but the match kind of never really picked up on all cylinders. Same with Gonzalez and Kai versus Aaliyah and Jesse. Gonzalez and Kai moved on handedly. Um... What are they doing with Leah here? She's been here five years, and even Robert Stonebrand has kind of fallen to the wayside nowadays. Hangman versus Ryan Namath. Ryan Namath, Ziggler's brother. This was a similar situation to the Russ Taylor. It's so far down the list that uh, because Hangman won so handedly. Reed versus Swerve. 
Great little setup here. Swerve lands the 450, one, two, Reed kicks out only to land the big bonsai drop right on top of him. One, two, three, Reed wins. Number seven, the main event of NXT, Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly versus Bertrand Lorcan. You get these four guys together, I'm expecting a barn burner. I didn't get a barn burner. That's why it's not even in the top ten. I would say similar to Archer and Kingston. I thought that was going to be a barn burner, but it really wasn't. But it gets above the main event of NXT because of that crazy choke slam spot where they hit the apron and then he rolls to the floor. Still not good enough to get into the top 10, or top 5 rather, because there were some great matches this week. Grizzled Young Veterans versus Koshida and Ruff, you gotta love that shit. Varsity Blondes versus uh, Chris Jericho and MJF, you gotta love Chris Jericho answering the critics with that lion salt. And then he just stares right into the camera as he uh, pins um, Pillman Jr., I think it was, or maybe it was Griff Garrison, I can't remember. He did uh, hit... Um, Pillman Jr. with the Judas effect from a springboard attempt from Pillman Jr. Knocked him right in the eye. Working snug here. Chris Jericho hears our critiques and he matches them. It's so crazy to see. He still got it. On Twitter, he is even reposting, never lost it, baby. Just like he said in the 2013 Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble this weekend. Wrestling is fucking awesome. MSK, I saw something funny about MSK. Someone said it was the marijuana smoking kids, and that's kind of like their gimmick. They had a great match versus Dane and Drake. They move on in the tournament. These Dusty Cup classic matches, so good, so good, so good. Dark Order versus the Elite, the main event of AW Dynamite number two. Number one, Jungle Boy versus Dax. The Axe. Harwood, Both these guys known for their tag team wrestling. But here they stand out a little bit. Luchasaurus handcuffed to Tully and Cash Wheeler so they can't get involved. Marco Stunt sent to the back. Great, great wrestling here. Um, you just got to love these guys. Go back and watch this match. Jungle Boy's new entrance song, Getting Over With The Boys at least. Um Huge drop off the top. One, two. Jungle Boy kicks out. Jungle Boy, though, in trouble here. Goes for pin. One, two. Dax kicks out. Look, you can see Jungle Boy firing up. You can feel it. Uh, Slingshot Liger Bomb by Dax. One, two. Jungle Boy kicks out. He doesn't know the word quit. DDT. One, two. Jungle Boy kicks out again. Just like I said, he doesn't know the word quit. STF by Jungle Boy, his new move. Dax taps out. Tully Blanchard and Cash Wheeler throw powder into Luchasaurus's eyes. That's when FTR kind of come out and attack um, Jurassic Express. Sorry, I'm getting so excited. I forget the names of these tag teams. These guys feel like single stars now. So Jungle Boy wins the match but gets heat at the end with uh, FTR attacking them and everything. That's when we get Marco Stunt running out with the chair. Hilarious shit. Marco Stunt with the chair. The chair is just so much bigger than him, but he has a lot of heart. The chair isn't as big as his heart. Was not able to watch a lot of MLW this week. I will get back to that. I got caught up watching Fight Forever, the 24-hour wrestling show. We're going to talk about that right after that. But since it is Curtain Jerker, I did want to talk about the opening match of MLW because I did get a chance to watch that. Zinchi 
versus Laredo Kid, the AAA Cruiserweight Championship on the line. Zin Chi balancing on one hand to hit the 619 outside the ring. Shooting star off the apron. Springboard shooting star in the ring. He goes for a pin. One, two. Laredo Kid kicks out. Michinoku driver on the floor by Laredo Kid. 450 off the apron. Another Michinoku driver in the ring. Multiple huge high-risk maneuvers from Laredo Kid. He goes up one too many times. Zinchi gets his knees up. Running shooting star. One, two. Laredo Kid kicks out again. Battle up top. Spanish fly off the top. Laredo Kid with the pin. One, two, three. He retains the AAA Cruiserweight Championship on the opening match of MLW this week. Holiday versus. Uh, Savio Vega was the uh, main event. I'm definitely going to be speaking about that next week. Uh, but there was just so much wrestling this weekend that I'm sorry MLW took. I know you guys heard me talking about it. Um, but yes, there was a 24-hour wrestling uh, extravaganza this weekend, Fight Forever. It went from 8 o'clock Friday night to 8 o'clock Saturday night. I watched the first few hours, and I'm going to go into the Curtain Jerker because that's what this show is all about here. And what a Curtain Jerker it was. Two out of three falls, each fall with a different stipulation. First fall... Anything goes. Second fall, you must put your opponent through a red door. Third fall is a casket match between Blackheart, a.k.a. Leo Rush, who has got these creepy-ass eyes. Uh, A body contortionist comes out and kind of dances around before Leo Rush comes out. Blake Christian is his opponent. Blake Christian, we've seen him in New Japan Strong. We've seen him in GCW throughout the summer in Indianapolis. He's been making waves for himself. Uh, during this pandemic era of professional wrestling, and he's also beaten Leo Rush twice. The match kicks off. Christian dives right away at him, but Leo does slow down the pace a little bit, dumps black stones all in the ring. Uh, Then he just drives him into it. Death Valley driver onto the stones. One, two, Leo Rush kicks out. Big strike battle. Standing Spanish fly. Frog splash by Leo. One, two, three. Rush gets the first fall. Christian then hits a Spanish fly, a springboard 450, a springboard lariat, gets a chair, uses the stairwell to avoid the red door at one point. Leo Rush is kind of just getting his ass beat. Uh, At one point, they go through a black door. They do set up the red door, and it does appear that Leo Rush put Blake Christian through it. I was confused. The announcers were confused. I'm not sure what happened here. The bell didn't sound like it did the first fall. However, they move on as if the third fall was beginning. So I guess through nature of the matchup here, it was Blake Christian that put Leo Rush through the door. I guess someone forgot to move or someone forgot to do a move. I'm not sure what happened. Um, It did take me out of the match here, uh, especially since this was set in like an empty punk venue and there's a casket sitting there. but you know you're kind of, you're not watching these guys for uh, the uh, storyline. I'm sad to say Leo Rush did put a lot of effort into the storyline, but I'm watching these guys to watch killer moves, and they were doing killer moves. At one point, um, Blake Christian did a Texas Cloverleaf with the assisting of a ladder, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, Blake Christian and Leo Rush they go to battle into the uh, casket, and Leo Rush 
puts Blake Christian inside the casket. He wins the first match, and then he gets a barbed wire crown of thorns and puts it on his head and stands there. It was creepy. It was confusing, and I think that's what they were aiming for. And that kicked off the first match of a 24-hour wrestling show. Uh, a lot of crazy shit here. Every two hours, it was called different blocks. I guess those were different shows, different promotions were uh, – putting up money. Uh, Nate Webb, Teenage Dirtbag, never gets old, even in an empty punk venue. He went up against the man they call Manders, the one they call Manders, the cowboy. He gets, Manders gets kicked off the apron, which is usually just an okay spot, but he goes flying back, hits his head on the stage of the venue, which was crazy. B versus Matthew Justice in hour two. They Not very many matches each hour, I guess, because they were stalling a lot of the time. There was lots of things to get through. You didn't want someone to go over their time and have it be like a 25, 26-hour wrestling show. That would be a little ridiculous, right? Uh, but KTB and Matthew Justice had a great match uh, battling um, on the bar of the venue at one point, KTB at one point did a uh, like a backward diving sp- springboards uh, like splash. I've never seen anyone do that. Death Valley Driver threw a door by KTB. Justice goes coast to coast at one point. This third match on the show is really good. Joey Janela went up against um, an opponent I've never seen before. He killed it. Calvin Tankman was good in the ring. Uh, Mo Atlas, Hoodfoot, someone I haven't seen before, killed it. He had a Hoodfoot, if you will, had a do-rag that went down into a cape. He went up against A.J. Gray and Lee Moriarty. That match was pretty fucking good or he went up not lee moriarty but uh some other gentleman that wore a uh a fur jacket came out aj gray and uh hoodfoot they all killed it uh, uh lee moriarty was also there came out uh there was uh homicide wrestled effie those two indie uh cl- you know, stars, never thought I would see them wrestle before. There was a little bit of technical difficulties at one point, but that, you know, to be expected, I mean, a 24-hour wrestling show, Schlack uh, at one point lit his elbow pad on fire to uh, deliver a flying elbow off the top. Ugly Ducklings wrestled Young, Dumb, and Broke at one point. At that point, it was 2.50 in the morning. I went to bed. I woke up at 9.30 in the morning only to see a very good professional wrestler wrestling in the ring. The Super 8 champion himself, former Dasher Hatfield, uh, Tony Deppin, and... Jordan Oliver, someone who I speak very highly of on this show all the time, wrestled a two-hour match for the Paradigm Professional Wrestling Championship. That was a crazy match. A two-hour match in the middle of a 24-hour wrestling show is just insane, insane to talk about. This was uh, very cool to do, very ambitious. I saw someone post on Twitter that this was the most ambitious wrestling show since All In, and I would have to agree. Very, very cool shit. They raised fifty thousand dollars for independent professional wrestling. Their their goal was forty thousand dollars, so ten thousand dollars over their goal. I hope they gave a few of those dollars to the commentary team. I hope they gave a few of those dollars to whoever. This was a jam packed wrestling weekend. We had a twenty four hour show. 
we had Royal Rumble, and of course, we had New Japan Pro Wrestling, New Beginnings, Okada and Yano versus Yujiro and Evil. That's right, Okada in the curtain jerker. You love to see it, especially being reviewed on this show. He takes down both of his opponents right in the early go, and they try to double-team him. It doesn't work. After he takes them down, he goes after Dick Togo. Yano and Okada take down Togo. Yujiro and Togo take off the turnbuckle pad in their corner. They throw Okada into it. Okada's in trouble. They cut the ring in half. He finally gets the hot tag to Toriyano. Toriyano runs in there, piss and vinegar, exposes more turnbuckles, but ends up getting thrown into his own exposed turnbuckle. Yujiro with the pin, one, two, Yano kicks out. Evil distracts the ref. Uh, they try to use a foreign object, a pimp cane. One, two, Okada kicks out after being hit with a pimp cane. Lands a beautiful dropkick, but it's Yano who gets the pin for his team. Hitting a low blow, one, two, three, Yano and Okada get the victory. LIJ versus Master Wato, Sho, Hanma, and Ibushi. Uh, I thought this was going to be a no-brainer. LIJ was going to win, but no. Shock Arrow, one, two, three. Wato Show, Hanma, and the champ champ, IWGP champion, Intercontinental IWGP, Intercontinental champion, and IWGP world champion, Ibushi, get the victory against LIJ. That's crazy to see. Great Okan and Tenzan go at it. This was a good match here. Lots of uh, wrist tape in this one. Loser can't use the Mongolian chop. And, of course, we get a Mongolian chop battle. Enziguri by Tenzan. One, two, Okan kicks out. Moonsault, no one home. But Tenzan does maintain the advantage. Goes for the TTD. Super kick by Okan. One, two, Tenzan kicks out. Okan lands a super shitty TTD. Uh, Dominator, one, two, three. Okan wins. He can use the Mongolian chop. It's cool to see him get his win back from Wrestle Kingdom. And that kind of plays in to the next match. Will Ospreay versus Kojima. Speaking about getting your wins back on Wrestle Kingdom, no DQ match. They battle and they brawl all around the ring. Ospreay sets up a ladder like a table, but gets hip-tossed through an open chair, pulls up a table, and sets it up on the other side other than the ladder. The former NWA champion gets a guitar and beats his opponent with it. I'm not talking about Jeff Jarrett. I'm talking about Kojima. Kojima brings a table into the ring. Os Cutter out of nowhere. One, two, Kojima kicks out. Kojima hits a lariat. Osprey goes up top. Uh, they kind of battle throughout. Osprey goes through a ladder at one point. LP, who's on commentary, says he is broken in half. An homage to JR. I did find LP kind of annoying using these like JR references, these Michael Cole references. He's kind of a douche. It works in the ring, but on commentary, take a few steps back, man. I miss Chris Charlton. Uh, knee strike, uh, Stormbreaker, one, two, three. Osprey gets the victory. And then we go into a match of the year candidate here Shingo Takagi versus Tanahashi. Uh, Senton off the top, uh, second rope from Tanahashi. Frog splash off the t- uh, to the floor from Tanahashi. Shingo going after Tanahashi's leg, even playing his leg like a guitar at one point, taunting Tanahashi. 20-minute mark comes in here. High-fly flow. Another high-fly flow. No one home. Shingo hits the main Japan. One, two. Tanahashi kicks out. Twist and shout. And then another twist and shout. 
Crowd believes it. I believe it. One, two, Shingo kicks out. Sling Blade goes up top. Shingo catches him into a Death Valley driver. Both men down. Huge Lariat by Shingo. One, two, Tanahashi kicks out. Sling Blade, one count kick out. Lariat by Shingo, one count kick out. Both men are down. Bitch slap by Tanahashi. Another Lariat by Shingo. This was fucking nuts. Shingo just stands up and just lets out this giant freaking yell. Made in Japan. Countered into a sling blade. Tanahashi goes up top, hits the high fly flow, goes up again, hits the high fly flow. One, two, three. Tanahashi gets the never open weight championship. This was what I wanted to see. Like, I mean, Tanahashi getting the world title. Amazing, amazing match. Best match I've seen all year outside of Wrestle Kingdom. Super good shit here. Super good shit here. This made me excited. All the 24-hour wrestling uh, matches and the two-hour-long matches and lighting your elbow on fire is pretty entertaining. Uh, hilarious, creative stuff, but it doesn't hold a fucking candle to Shingo and Tanahashi. This match is good. I don't see any match in the Royal Rumble beating this tonight. And speaking of the Royal Rumble, we're diving into that right and the show was great. Usually I rank these big shows from my least favorite match to my first favorite match. And it went exactly as planned. My first favorite was my least favorite. The last match was my favorite. And, you know, second match, second to least favorite, and so on and so on. The first match, Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre. Goldberg wearing the MMA shorts. Spear through the barricade pretty much right away. Bell hadn't sounded yet. They get back in the ring. Bell did sound. Claymore, one, two. Goldberg kicks out. Spear, one, two. Drew kicks out. Jackhammer, one, two. Drew kicks out again. Claymore, one, two, three. Drew McIntyre wins. I usually like this style of match. This uh, WWE second-run Goldberg-style match. Um, reminds me of WrestleMania 33 with him and Brock Lesnar. But there was something about this match that didn't quite uh, do it for me. Maybe... Uh, Goldberg has lost a step. Maybe he's lost several steps. Maybe I'm just tired of seeing him. I'm not really sure. It was good and quick. I enjoyed it. And then I was glad to move on to Carmella versus Sasha. Carmella in control of the early going. Sasha gets her hair tied in the ropes by Carmella. I thought that was a kind of a cool spot. Sasha standing on Carmella's throat at one point. It was kind of a hard-hitting matchup here. One, two, Carmella kicks out. Three, Amigos, vintage Sasha Banks at this point to uh, kind of uh, hint at LP's commentary team or efforts in uh, New Japan. Love seeing Sasha uh, beat up Reginald. Every time I see Reginald get beat up, it, I mark out. I think it's great. Uh... You know, it happened later on in the show as well. Carmella dives, and this dive is insane. She lands right on her face. Uh, you can tell Sasha's concerned for her. Gets back in the ring. One, two, Sasha kicks out. Banks goes up. Frog splash. Carmella gets the knees up, but Sasha does end up tapping out Carmella. What a freaking match. What a Banks statement here. And then we go on to... The Women's Rumble. I thought we were going to get the Men's Rumble because we just got the Women's Championship match. But I was wrong. Number one, Bailey. Number two, Naomi. They're going back and forth. Number three, uh, 
Bianca Belair. Number four, Billy Kay. Billy Kay goes to the commentary team before getting in the ring. Number five, Shotzi Blackheart. Cool to see her come out, complete with the tank. Billy Kay thought she was going to go and team with uh, Shotzi, but Shotzi ends up shooting a Nerf fireball at her, taking her out, gets back in, lights up Belair, lights up Naomi, Shayna Baszler, number six, Tony Storm, number seven, number eight, Jillian Hall, and uh, Jillian Hall and Billy team up here. They join forces. They get in the ring. Double suplex. Cartwheel elbow by Jillian. I thought that was pretty suave. Ruby Riot number nine. Number 10, Victoria. Cool to see Victoria. Ring is filling up here. Number 11, Peyton Royce. We get an uh, iconic double team to Victoria. Number 12, Santana Garrett. Cool to see her. Number 13, Liv Morgan. Ring is really filling up here. And then we get Rhea Ripley. The cane of this particular rumble comes out. Baszler throws out Jillian Hall and Victoria. So I guess it was kind of Baszler and Rhea Ripley here. Um, Rhea throws out San- Santana Garrett, throws out Billy Kay, 15, Charlotte, 16, Dana Brooke, uh, sent on to everyone as she comes in the ring. Number 17, Tori Wilson. She still got it. She still got all of it, if you know what I'm saying. She's still a fitness model. Number 18, Lacey Evans comes out with Ric Flair and Charlotte's robe. This was cool to see. Charlotte, of course, is pissed. She throws out Peyton Royce. Baszler throws out Tori Wilson. Number 19, Mickey James. Number 20, Nikki Cross. Belair still in the ring. Number 21, Alicia Fox. R-Truth comes out. Alicia Fox pins R-Truth, even though he comes out for the wrong rumble, wins the 24-7 championship. Then Alicia Fox gets thrown out later. R-Truth rolls her up on the ramp, retains his uh, championship. That wasn't before Mandy Rose came out. She was the one who eliminated Alicia Fox. Later on in the night, uh, R-Truth loses his title to Peter Rosenberg as a fan of a... New York hip-hop morning shows. That was kind of cool to see. Number 23, Dakota Kai. Ladies look tired in the ring here. This was kind of, uh, you can see fatigue setting into a lot of these ladies. Number 24, Carmella. Ripley tosses out Mandy Rose. Carmella not even in the ring yet. Reggie in the full effect, helping Carmella get in the ring. Gets clotheslined by Tamina. Carmella... Uh, throws out Nikki Cross. Uh, 25 was Tamina. I guess that's when she beat up Reginald and eliminated Carmella. I'm getting mixed up. I'm reading my notes. I'm marking out here. Freaking out just reading my notes here. This was a great matchup. Uh, Rhea and Tamina square off. That was kind of cool to see. 26, Lana. 27, Alexa Bliss. Uh, she gang- gets ganged up on everybody. She almost turns Fiend, but then gets eliminated super quick by Rhea Ripley. It'd be cool to see Rhea Ripley go up against Alexa and kind of have the Fiend involved there at WrestleMania. I can see something like that happening. Number 28, Ember Moon. She landed a snug as fuck kick to Naomi. I don't know if this was snug. I don't know if this was stiff. It was fucking... It looked brutal. I would not want to be kicked that hard by anybody. Um, Naomi 
down. Number 29, Nia Jackson, fortunately. Baszler throws out Lacey Evans. Nia throws out Shayna Baszler. She had to, but then Lana eliminates Nia Jax. Great payoff. Great fucking payoff here. Number 30, Natty Neidhart. I thought Becky Lynch was coming back, but she didn't come back. What are you going to do? Baszler and Jax, upset that they both got eliminated. They get in. They destroy everybody. Lana eliminated by Natty. Belair eliminate eliminated oh wait Belair eliminates Natty uh, Ripley Charlotte Belair last three Charlotte gets eliminated final two and Bianca Belair eliminates Rhea Ripley to win the Royal Rumble she's crying there's fireworks going off um, it's super cool to see you can tell I mean maybe she's working me but you can tell it really meant something to her you know. Coming from track, going to the performance center, whipping bitches with her hair all the way to the top. We're going to see it. The granddaddy of them all. It's cool to fucking see. Number four on the card and number four on my list, or number two on my list, you know, if we're ranking them from worst to first. However, Roman versus KO. This match was crazy. I thought it was going to be just like Goldberg and Drew, where there's going to be heavy hitting and then kind of be real quick because there's a pop-up powerbomb right away, a spear to the floor. Roman gets some steps, but no, it was just a giant-ass brawl. These guys killed it. It reminded me of all the cool, um, you know, anywhere in the building matches from Royal Rumble's past, just like, you know, Mankind, The Rock, Cactus Jack, Triple H, there's tons of others. Or there was, you know, from a few, uh, a small period of time. Uh, KO, you know, beats Roman with some steps. They battle all over the Thunderdome. They use chairs. They go up higher than anyone's ever been in the Thunderdome. Only for uh, Roman Reigns just to toss Kevin Owens off. Kevin Owens is fucking insane. He goes through a bunch of tables. They battle in the back. And this is when uh, Roman Reigns hits uh kevin owens with a golf cart goes through the windshield of the golf cart this is hilarious sammy guevara gif 2.0 it just uh it it was hilarious right in the screen roman reigns just like boom like it was fucking funny it looked like you know like something you would see on looney tunes more than roman uh, more than wrestling Roman's bleeding, and this is another spot that they took from AEW here. Uh, Kevin Owens backs up a uh, a forklift, raises it all the way up, and then does a big senton off. I think it was Kenny Omega who did that spot in the exact same match that uh, he hit Sammy Guevara with a uh, golf cart, if I'm not mistaken. They battle back into the Thunderdome, spear through the LED screen. Roman at one point gets handcuffed. It has to get saved by Paul Heyman, who has the key. While he's handcuffed, though, the ref is counting. He beats the ref up with one hand and low blows Kevin Owens with one hand. I know we were talking about Okada looking strong, being up two men at once, but he didn't do it one-handed and handcuffed. Holy shit, Roman reigns here. Kevin Owens, uh, you know, and Roman reigns, they start to brawl, but... All of a sudden, Kevin Owens gets caught in the guillotine, gets choked out by Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns wins the title, looks strong. One thing they've done here in 
that's really good the last few months, and one thing they've done in this show is put over their fucking champions huge. Drew won the title, which was the right thing. Roman won the title, which was the right thing. And then we're going into my favorite match of the show, one of my favorite matches every single year. Edge, number one. Randy, number two. They brawl all over the place. We remember how bad that WrestleMania match was last year, but we remember how good the build was. And they also had a match earlier in the year. I think it was the greatest match ever or something like that, or so we're told. And then all of a sudden the rumble starts. Number three, Sami Zayn. Number four, Mustafa Ali. Three on one against Edge until Jeff Hardy comes out. RKO, Spear. I'm going crazy. It feels like the rumble here. Number six, Ziggler. Edge beats Randy with the chair. Randy has to get taken to the back. Ziggler throws out Hardy. Number seven, Nakamura. Number eight, Carlito. Everyone wanted to see Carlito in the rumble since he got snubbed on Legends Night. So you knew that's what they were doing. And he held his own here. He looked like a current WWE superstar. He was more jacked than all of them. Sign him again. Bring him back full time here. He could be like Tatanka was in the mid-2000s, like, uh, oh man, I'm forgetting his name. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the original Rumble winner, was in the mid-2000s, where he was a guy from yesteryear that you bring back to have in the mid-card and help the mid-card out. His gimmick is timeless. Everyone loves apples. It'd be really cool to see him every week on our TV. Number nine, Xavier was number 10, Big E. New Day double team. They throw out Zayn. Number 11, John Morrison. Michael Cole calls him Johnny Drip Drip. And uh, they make sure to say, hey, don't, don't fucking say Johnny Drip Drip, Michael Cole. It sounds weird coming from you. And it's fucking true. Ali eliminates Woods. Ali eliminated by Big E. Number 12, Ricochet comes out. Uh, taking on everyone with a corkscrew cross body. Number 13, Elias eliminates Carlito. Number 14, Damian Priest. Now looking back, he was the only NXT guy to come out, and he held his own just like Carlito. This guy, I mean, he was ready for the big time when they signed him. I remember seeing him in Ring of Honor, and I thought he was ready for moments like this. Randy in the trainings room. They're really kind of setting up Randy coming back here. You know, people could see from a mile away. Number 15, Miz. Miz takes out Bad Bunny's DJ booth because of some shit they did earlier. And, uh, whew, I'm marking out here. I got to catch my breath, guys. This show, this match was awesome. I love the goddamn Royal Rumble. Miz and Morrison uh, get thrown out. Bad Bunny jumps on him. So here we have a rapper with a cross body, just like AEW did. Vince McMahon must be watching Dynamite or something. Number 16, Riddle. Number 17, Daniel Bryan. Number 18, Kane. Ricochet eliminated by Kane. Team Hell No reunion for a little bit. Priest eliminates Kane. I thought that was a great, great spot. If they're still doing the Andre the Giant Battle Royal this year at WrestleMania, I think this would be a marquee spot to remake for the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and put over Priest Huge. Number 19, King Corbin. He eliminates Shinsuke Nakamura. Number 20, Otis. Comes in, hits a beautiful discus clothesline. Suplexes to everybody. I love Otis, but he gets eliminated by Corbin really quickly. Number 21, Dominic Mysterio. He eliminates Baron Corbin. Number 22, Bobby Lashley. He eliminates Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest. I'm sure I missed a lot of eliminations. I don't know what was going on. I think I was just enjoying myself.
one of my favorite matches of the year, as I said before, and one of my favorite people ever in my top five, Hurricane Elms. He comes out at 23. They recreate the double choke slam spot from 2002 when he did that with Stone Cold and Triple H and gets eliminated with Bobby Lashley and Big E. Bobby Lashley and Big E had a big brawl that was kind of cool. Number 24, surprise of the night. Christian comes back out of retirement a la Edge from last year. Super fucking cool to see. Everyone throws out Bobby Lashley. Christian and Edge double team. Just like I said, super cool to see. Number 25, AJ Styles. AJ and Christian, former faction mates in TNA, they go at it. Number 26, Rey Mysterio. Uh, Super cool to see him in there. Almost comes out and uh, throws out Big E. 27, Sheamus comes out. Almost helps AJ throw out Rey Mysterio. 28, Cesaro. He comes in. Uppercut City. 29, Rollins. I call that shit. Number 30, Braun Strowman. He eliminates Cesaro, Sheamus, AJ. Christian and Edge both spear him to take him out. Braun doing work here. Missile dropkick off the top by Riddle. Rollins eliminates Brian and Riddle. Christian, Edge, and Strowman are the final four. Uh, all former champions here in the final four. And then Edge, you know, kind of throws out Christian and Braun at the same time, eliminates Rollins. Randy comes out. We all see it coming. But Edge sees it coming as well. We've, the RKO out of nowhere for years. We all know it's going to happen. But Edge throws out Randy. He's going to WrestleMania. Perfect fucking selection of winners here. Top to bottom. Drew, Sasha, ba- uh, Bianca Belair, Roman looking strong, and Edge going to WrestleMania, cashing in uh, you know, his shot. Or, you know, my, not cashing in like the briefcase, but you get what I'm saying. I think they're going to do Edge versus Drew. I mean, Meltzer said Edge versus Drew versus Randy, which I wouldn't mind that triple threat. And then you you got Roman out there. Who's Roman going to face now that you've already gave him KO? Or, you know, Kevin Owens feud's done now. Uh, you know, I want to see The Rock. I think The Rock would save WrestleMania. I think society needs The Rock in wrestling. I think... The world needs something electrifying to happen again to make everyone feel good um, with how bad uh, times are nowadays. I mean, 2020, people keep talking about 2020 being a bad year, but now we're going into 2021 and things are still kind of crazy. So it would be just really cool to see The Rock come back, especially with Heyman kind of booking it, going up against his cousin. I think now's the time. Now is the time. I really don't want to see Goldberg versus Roman. I don't want to see Goldberg really anywhere in the world title picture. I, I loved it when he came back and wrestled Ziggler. They need to do some more of that stuff. Maybe uh, Goldberg and Elias this year. I wouldn't mind seeing Goldberg in that kind of role. But I'm, I'm not talking about Goldberg anymore. I'm talking about Edge and Bianca Belair. Those are the winners of the Royal Rumbles. This was a great wrestling weekend. I hope you can hear my voice how much here I am just booking the uh, the Wrestlemania card, fantasy booking. That's something super cool to do this time of year. I hope you guys had a great time listening to this podcast. I gotta say I'm sorry for the audio quality. 
but I'm still moving. I'm still trying to figure out my mic situation. My, to be honest with you, my microphone broke and I've been uh, too busy to go. I went to Walmart to even get a shitty one just to kind of use in the meantime. That one didn't work off the jump. So I'm having a hard time with my audio just to uh, kind of let you guys in, you know, behind the curtain a little bit to curtain jerking. But I have a great time talking to you guys. I'm getting this show out. Um, as always, fly high. I'm out.